Before we get into this episode, we wanted to say congratulations to all the newly certified athletic trainers, everybody out there getting those congratulations. For those that this first round didn't go your way, don't give up. You'll get through it. You'll figure it out. Um, and this episode may be very timely for you. On uh, this episode, we talked with Allison Strickland, owner and operator of AT Study Buddy. We get into a bunch of different things around athletic training and her kind of career path to creating AT Study Buddy and what she's doing, but also really dive into AT Study Buddy and how helpful it can be for athletic training students uh, to get ready for the BOC. They have done a ton of work to make sure that there are a lot of options to help really get you prepared and, if nothing else, reduce some anxiety potentially around taking the test. So, really, really good episode. Um, worth checking out. They've got plans to fit every budget, which I think is awesome as well. Uh, they're also offering a 30% um, off code using at chat at checkout so check that out as well as always we are powered by mueller sports medicine can't thank them enough for everything they do uh, we are working our way through getting our next throw a lifeline program out to someone if you are interested in helping donate to that any little bit helps you can become a sponsor of the podcast and Send a dollar with each episode or every month, whatever works for you, or just a small donation is always encouraged. We can get much-needed supplies to those who, just for whatever reason, don't have the budget to get those themselves. So without further ado, please enjoy this episode. episode of Athletic Training Chat. We are on with Allison Strickland, owner and operator of AT Study Buddy. Uh, this is, as far as I know, relatively new offering, I think, um, that uh, if you haven't come across it yet, is awesome. Um, and everything that goes into it, um, I'm looking forward to covering. Uh, we were just talking off air. Uh, Allison's busy, to say the least. Um, and has done a lot of really interesting things in her career, which I'm looking forward to hearing about as well. Uh, working at Impact um, Applications, doing some work now with uh, integrated DNA technologies, uh, which sounds super fancy. I'm excited to hear about that. Uh, plus, finishing a PhD and doing AT Study Buddy, among other things. So uh, before we jump in to start talking about it all, um, just wanted to turn it over to Allison to fill in a little bit more of your background, and then we'll get into some of the questions. Yeah, thanks, Joel. So um, primarily have worked kind of in the admin side of athletic training. Um, I graduated from Carthage in Kenosha, Wisconsin in 2010, and then went and did my uh, master's degree at the University of Texas at Tyler uh, and worked as a grad assistant down there for a high school uh, for two years, and then moved back to my home state of Illinois uh, and was the head athletic trainer at Bartlett High School uh, through Accelerated, which is now Athletico. Uh, for three, four years. Um, my 
husband is also an athletic trainer. We met while uh, I was at UT Tyler and he reluctantly left Texas and joined me um, in Illinois. And he was actually at uh, the sister high school for Bartlett, which is Streamwood. So we shared a stadium. Um, so that was nice. He worked there for a while. And then uh, let's see, I want to say like three months before we were going to get married, he said, Hey, uh, I'm going to go interview for this job in Iowa. Uh, so I'm going to go do that. So loved my job at Bartlett was kind of upset about it, but he ended up taking the job at a, a very large private practice orthopedic clinic in the Iowa city area, um, as an ortho tech. So uh -huh. Uh, we moved to Iowa slowly over that summer, um, and uh, I just could like not find a job when I um, was getting ready to move to Iowa. Um, other than the university, there really aren't a lot of um, schools that hire full-time athletic trainers in the area, So, because a lot of it is just super rural. Um, so I actually ended up managing a curves, like the old lady gym for yeah. there's like, still one in the town I live in. Yep. Managed a curves for like six or seven months, um, right after we moved to Iowa and, uh, was still looking for a job. And then, um, I, uh, ended up getting hired a PRN for, uh, a physical therapy group in the area and started going out to some rural high schools to their volleyball games, basketball games, football games. Um, and so that was, that was nice to be able to like still kind of stick with it. And um, I'm, I primarily went to this one rural school all the time. Um, so I got to know the kids there pretty well. Uh, I ended up um, randomly seeing one day on a, a, a job board um, that impact uh, the concussion testing company was hiring a, a global support director. And it was actually here in Iowa where we live. And I was like, huh, that's funny. I didn't know they were in Iowa. Um, yep. And then went in and interviewed. They loved that I was an athletic trainer, um, knew what the program was because we had used it at Bartlett. Um, and so they ended up hiring me. And so I was their assistant director of global support for three years. Um, so a lot of you might've talked to me on the phone, uh, over the years or emailed me. Um, I'm guessing I probably, about your, you. uh, yeah, about your impact packages. Yeah, <laughs> I have nothing yeah. to do with the price, price increase. Don't blame me for that. <laughs> um, and so, uh, while I was there, I got really into the continuing education side of it. I worked a lot with the, um, impact trained athletic trainer program, yep. um, and getting that set up. Um, so if you've ever taken that program, I had a lot to do with it. Um, plus a lot of the other training, uh, stuff that we did, cause we have just a ton of continuing education courses. Yeah. We did the live stuff the day before our NATA. Um, I presented at NATA in Houston, uh, one year, uh, in their student lounge for their, uh, group of students, um, that came in. So was with them for a while. Um, there was a lot of turnover in staff um, the last six months that I was there. Wasn't super thrilled about it. Decided I wanted to start to look for another job. Um, I ended up joining a med tech startup um, who was looking for kind of a little bit of a jack of all trades um, being a startup. 
Um, they wanted someone who had customer support experience, but also a little bit of marketing experience and experience working in healthcare, which I have all of those. So it was an, it was a nice fit. Um, sure. so I came on, they asked me what I wanted my uh, job title to be because they didn't know what to call me. Um, and so I ended up being their strategic communications manager. So, um, basically working to, uh, prepare all of their, uh, clinical documentation uh, for their training, um, setting up their website, um, working with different groups um, to get training manuals into their hands, things like that. Um, it, uh, I liked working there, but it became kind of clear to me that they were having trouble getting some funding um, because they were just in a very early stage of being a startup. So um, my kids are gonna run in, hold on. Good night. Sorry about that. No worries. I'll make a small note for the, uh, <laughs> the edit on that one. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, realized that they were uh, not getting the funding they needed as a startup. Um, they were kind of a, a if you want to look them up, they're still kind of out there. Um, it's called Voxello. Okay. So um, what they make is um, communication devices for uh, acute uh, patients in ICUs. So if you think, um, you're in a car wreck and then you can't, you know, talk or speak or anything like that. Um, you also can't usually use the nurse call button. What this device allows you to do is to use a, um, a like non, uh, verbal way of, uh, calling your nurse or using a speech generating tablet. So, uh, a lot of times, uh, people, can click their tongue, even if they're ventilated. Sure. So basically that we would hook up a mic and then, um, like one click was like, move the cursor, you know, one to the right. And then it was like row column scanning. So, you know, there's a, and then it would move and you could also call the nurse if you did four clicks. So really cool stuff. Um, they actually did okay during COVID with all these people on ventilators. So, sure. um, starting to get a little traction there, but Again, so felt like they, you know, weren't really making the money. I kind of saw the writing on the wall. So it didn't stay there very long, about a year. Um, and then actually ended up leaving and going to a very different job uh, with a company called Integrated DNA Technologies and started working there as a Salesforce developer. Um, if you don't know what Salesforce is, it is, um, I like to describe it to medical people as a uh, EHR system, but for businesses. So, okay. um, it houses all your customer data, all of your, um, like support tickets, all of your sales invoices, everything like that. It's all in one system. Um, and so I actually, uh, learned how to use Salesforce while I was at impact and, uh, you can Google salaries for Salesforce developers, but, um, they make a lot more than athletic trainers. So it was kind of uh, a nice transition at a time when my kids were also very young. So started working normal hours. Um, and then uh, my husband actually ended up leaving the clinic a year after I started um, and joining me at Integrated DNA Technologies. Um, part of his job when he was at the clinic was purchasing all of the materials, everything from pens to band-aids to um, MRI machines, all of it. So he got really good at that while he was there. So he actually came into um, IDT for short uh, as a buyer. So 
uh, he works in purchasing and supply chain, um, negotiating deals with uh, companies to get the best rates, things like that. So, and he's the same, he buys everything from pens to, he just did a deal on a million dollar building last year. So it kind of ranges on what he does, but um, it's been a very busy um, couple of months. Um, being in DNA, we were uh, very busy with COVID. So sure. um, you can kind of Google it if you want, if you're really interested in the story, but basically we were the only company that were able to get our, um, they're called probes and assays, uh, approved by the CDC to be used in the uh, original COVID test kits that were being used that first spring of 2020. So gotcha. Um, basically, we didn't make like the whole test kit. It's um, the probe and assays are the things that look for the DNA yep. and basically say if it's positive or negative. So um, yeah, I was super, super busy. <laughs> um, and if that wasn't bad enough, I decided to start my PhD in the middle of it. So I'm getting my PhD in communications with an emphasis in healthcare. Um, just something I always wanted to do and I'm passionate about. So uh, this is my last semester of coursework. Um, and then I'll start my dissertation either in the summer or I might take the summer off and start in the fall. So getting close to being done. Um, but throughout all of that experience, um, I would say that the biggest thing I came away with was learning skills that were transferable into other businesses. So, you know, my time at Impact, a lot of it was talking to athletic trainers and going over test results and, and um, troubleshooting things with them. But a lot of it really had to do with learning the back end of a business. So, um, you know, invoicing and marketing and how to talk to um, clinicians and, you know, how to sell things and just things that you don't necessarily learn as an athletic trainer, um, but are skills that are things that I think athletic trainers should learn. Um, because if you think about how often we end up having to sell things to people that may not be a tangible item, it may be um, selling to a parent of a high school student, like, Hey, I really think your kid needs to go to the doctor. And here's mm -hmm. why, like you are selling them on going to the doctor. Right. And so having those skills to be able to persuade someone in a way that one makes them feel listened to, makes them feel valued, um, <clears throat> excuse me, um, you know, makes them, you know, want to listen to what you have to say without them feeling like you're talking down to them is just very important. Um, and a lot of it too, is just being able to talk on their level. And that is just something that just can't necessarily be taught. It comes with experience. And I'm sure most athletic trainers can tell you like the first two or three years, you know, of their first job were probably not the best. And the difference in how you probably talk to, you know, athletes or parents or physicians definitely changes as you get older. So, and more experienced. So, you know, the way that I would originally, you know, maybe email a parent would definitely change to how I would do it now, just because of the skills that I have now in, you know, copywriting and marketing and, um, being able to really persuade someone to kind of see my point. So transitioning a lot of those skills into a business 
kind of happened to me by accident. Um, one of my uh, friends from my hometown was starting a uh, small business doing uh, hydroponic farming <laughs> and uh, knew I had a little bit of tech experience and was like, hey, can you just help me build a website? Like something super basic. Like I just want people to be able to find me and know how to like get in touch with me basically. And so I did it. I was like, this isn't that hard. Um, because, you know, working with impact, you know, I wasn't in charge of the website by any means, but I had a lot of access to the back end, And so I was able to kind of like see how it's done without actually doing it. And so I kind of got into it and like learning a little bit more about it. And just, you know, I would, I would find people who are, you know, trying to start a small business be like, Hey, let me build your website for you. I'll do it for free. And just, you know, on my, on my spare time, like really trying to learn and, and get better with each one that I did. And every time I would just get a little bit better and a little bit better and a little bit better until eventually people were wanting to pay me for it. So that turned into Shayhawk Solutions, which is my first business. Um, Shay is my oldest son. Um, and then Hawk was kind of like an SEO thing that I did since we live in Iowa, you know, the Hawkeyes. So you know, Googling. Makes oh, yes. Yeah. Well, well, no. The yeah. <laughs> All physicians I, did their fellowship there. So we oh, yeah. about Iowa. Yep. It's interesting living in Iowa and not having gone to Iowa or right. Iowa State. So right. um, my husband went to Texas Christian. And so people see the purple and our man cave and they're like, oh, did you go to UNI? Or like, no, no. <laughs> um, and so uh kept learning, kept developing stuff. And eventually I ended up working with a couple uh, healthcare companies that I just knew. I knew people. And a lot of them were like, Hey, we know you have this experience doing continuing education. Can you help us? Like we want to make money selling CEUs, or we want to be able to offer them to, you know, our clinicians that we have on staff. And it was a challenge at first, kind of like learning the ins and outs and, um, they're called learning management systems. So learning how to set up a learning management system, you know, if you're on canvas or blackboard, that's an, that's an LMS. So I'm okay. sure most, most students are aware of what they are now, but, yep. um, and so I just, you know, gradually got better at it and better at it. And something that I had noticed, um, just being kind of active on like, uh, gather on the NATA site or being on Facebook and, you know, a bunch of different athletic training focused Facebook groups, it would seem like every so often I would just see these posts from students saying, how did you study for the BOC? Yes. And I was always curious. And so I would look at the comments and see, oh, you know, I read the Arn Arnheim book, or I made a ton of flashcards, or I got this one particular study book. Yep. And what was interesting to me was none of those things really emulate taking the actual BOC. Sure. The only way that you can really emulate it is if you purchase the practice exams from the BOC. And I believe there's some uh, through NATA, okay. but there's only like two on the NATA site. And then I think the BOC, you can just like buy one of them, but you really don't get results. You don't get a lot of feedback. Um, you know, it's not really a full study solution and, you know, I'm sure, you know, people a little bit older like myself, or, you know, remember the, the quiz books where you'd have to like 
go through and take the test and then flip to the back and look up if you got the right answer every time. And like, that's super obnoxious. And so <clears throat> what I decided to do was, you know, after hearing this over and over, you know, if you hear a need, you know, start to fill the need. And the more I thought about it, the more I, it was just like, you know, that thing in your head that you just can't get rid of. And I was like, I have got to do something about this. And so I thought about it for a long time, kind of bounced it around with my husband. Um, something I didn't mention is my little brother and his wife are both athletic trainers. So, uh -huh. you know, kind of worked on that with them and, and kind of saw what they thought. And one thing that I really thought of was like, I, I know how to do it, but I'm not sure that it's something students would pay for. Mm -hmm. um, and so what I ended up doing was building the website, but a really like super reduced version of it. So sure. I put together one small exam um, that just had 50 questions and then a couple different study materials. And they were all on cranial nerves. Cause I'm like, that's simple. I can do that. And so from there, I basically just went on Facebook and I was like, Hey, does anyone want to beta test this with their students? And I got a bunch of responses, signed up students up, um, did a beta test with them. I was like, Hey, just, just try it, you know, see what you think. Um, sent out some post surveys and got some good feedback. And basically they were like, you know, they said some things that didn't surprise me, um, that were basically like, Oh, there's not enough content here, which I'm like, uh, like I just wanted to see if you like kind of the point of a <laughs> but, beta test. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but you know, I I asked some you know more specific questions like if this had everything that you needed in it um, to study and way more practice tests. You know, is this something that you would pay for? And they all said yes. And I asked how much they would pay for it. Got a good idea of what they would pay, and then asked them how long they would want access to something like this. So. Um, the most common response I actually got was a semester. And so I kind of did it a little uh, different in that I offer a couple different ways to get into AT Study Buddy. Um, so you can do it monthly, you can do it by semester, which is a six month membership, or you can do an annual, which is a year. Um, and what I did from that beta test is I took an entire year, which was easy because we were all home with COVID. Um, and so I had a lot of free time uh, since we're all locked down and just really started to put it together. Um, my husband helped me a lot with it. My sister-in-law, my brother, we really got into the mechanics of how you write test questions and how the BOC does test questions um, and how they're formulated. Um, ACT is in Iowa City. And so I know a lot of people that are really in that like professional testing mm -hmm. field. Um, a bunch of my neighbors work for ACT really picked their brains. I was like, you know, how do you guys write the ACT exam? Like, how do you decide what content is in there and how do you write the questions? And so got good feedback from them. So we spent really a good year just focusing on the practice tests. And then, you know, everyone starts to go back to work. Everything picks up a little bit. Um, we were starting to work on getting, um, more of the study materials in there and there's just so much. Um, we've got flashcards, we have um, fill in the blanks, we have like drag and drop, there's word searches, um, there's, you know, anatomy hotspots where you can challenge yourself on the anatomy. And there, there's just so much more than that. Um, 
because we want to make it fun too. Like we want to make studying fun. And so I actually ended up reaching out and interviewing a couple athletic trainers who, um, just wanted to pick up some extra cash. Um, I found an athletic trainer in Florida who, um, was working part-time, um, and PRN. And she's like, Hey, I'm just looking to, you know, make some extra money from home. Um, so I brought her on as my first, um, independent contractor and she has really been super useful for me in just getting it done and getting it out there. There's no way I could have done this without her. So Laura, right. you're the best. <laughs> um, and <laughs> she knows it. So, um, working with all of that, um, and, and doing everything, you know, it's really important to have a support system to back you up. And Laura is like my support system. Mm -hmm. Um, I ended up hiring a second contractor this year to do a lot of my marketing, um, stuff for me. Um, she's not an athletic trainer, but she is familiar with the healthcare field, um, had worked in healthcare admin before. So she, you know, knows enough to kind of, you know, talk the talk. She doesn't, you know, not know anything and puts in weird stuff. So, right, right. um, it's, it's nice to have a team behind you. Um, one of my goals in the next couple years is to really be able to hire athletic trainers to help me with AT study buddy. And yeah. one thing I'm really passionate about is that I, I hear so much about, you know, and I'm, you know, I'm a mom and I, I would never say that I would not want to work because that's just not my personality. Like, obviously I have a lot going on. Sure. Um, yeah. And so, but I, I see all these other mothers who wish that they could have a more flexible schedule. And I feel mm -hmm. that. And um, what I would love is to be able to offer, you know, the ability for these women to come in and work on this website and make extra money for themselves and really, you know, gain some different job experience that they can maybe transit transition into something else. Yeah. Um, or, you know, move um, into a part-time role and they're picking up extra money or PRN, you know, some women really want to stay home with their kids. I mean, that's not me and what I want to do, but I want to be able to support the, the women athletic trainers who do desire that. Um, and so that's, you know, something that I'm definitely passionate about with growing AT study buddy and, and my Shayhawk solutions business is to be able to bring on other women who really, you know, want something where they can do it from home. They want to be flexible, um, and, and just have something to be able to earn an income when, you know, they're maybe not necessarily out of school or a clinic or, you know, wherever their job setting is. So, you know, that's something I'm super wanting to turn this into long-term, but, um, that's basically a long spiel of where I am today. Yeah. Um, it's a lot, but it all sounds crazy, but when you hear the whole story, it makes sense. Um, but, uh, I really think that athletic training, at least for students is something that you can really just transition into so many different careers. And my family, you know, the four of us are definitely good examples of that because none of us work in traditional settings. Um, you know, I am working, you know, more on an IT side now, um, with my, and then I have my side businesses and then my husband is now, you know, he went from, you know, doing ortho tech and purchasing to just fully doing purchasing. 
Um, my brother, he uh, ended up coming into integrated DNA as well. He also works with us. So um, he works in, uh, he's in like a very high level customer support position where he handholds a lot of really big companies, you know, Pfizer and, you know, the big wigs out there who are purchasing some of our products. Mm-hmm. But, um, and then my sister-in-law actually uh, works at a vision and vestibular clinic oh, no. uh, for people with brain injuries and then vision training for athletes. So that's a lot of what she does is vision training with uh, awesome. high-level athletes in the area. So, and then she manages a lot of their continuing education. They do a lot of continuing ed for um, uh, ophthalmologists. So yeah. a lot of ophthalmologists are getting really into the concussion and brain injury world, um, surprisingly enough. And so, uh, they do a lot of, um, education stuff. So I've worked heavily with her and like helping her get into the CE stuff and, and know how to do it and have a process. So, um, you know, there's just so many ways you can trans transition yourself into something else. Um, you know, my brother picked up a side gig at a factory doing COVID testing and he's making like 50 bucks an hour on the weekends. Like, he's like, I want to pay off my student loans. So I'm going to go do this for four hours on my Saturday. You know, there's just so many things that we can do that aren't necessarily, you know, plugging my butt into a high school or a college. You know, there's just so much out there. And I think, you know, when I, when I talk to others about it, who are interested because they've seen me do it. And so, you know, other, um, you know, college friends who, you know, want to be home more with their kids have reached out to me. Um, people I was in my grad assistant program have reached out to me. They're like, how did you like, how did you guys get into these jobs? And I'm like, you really need to look at the skills that you have and write it down in a way that it can transition into any job, because there's so much more that you can do outside of, you know, you know, assessing injuries and doing rehab and and being Uh a first aid person, you know, there's, there's so much more than just all that athletic training encompasses. And if you really sit down and look at all your skills, you can see how you can transition those things into, you know, careers that are going to work for you and for your family. And I'm not knocking the people that do athletic training. I I even still do it PRN um, every so often with the rural schools and going out, you know, late at night and stuff. So, you know, it's really, if you are wanting to do something outside of AT that's not traditional, there are ways to do that and to get there, um, you know, that it's not, you know, having to pull strings or beg for jobs or take something that's not going to get you the salary that you want. And so when you look at those things and then you're going to look on job boards, really look at the job description because a lot of times, you know, when I, you know, went into that med tech, uh, group, they're like, we just want someone who knows a little bit about healthcare. That's all they wanted was someone who knew a little enough to be dangerous and to be able to talk to clinicians and not sound like an idiot, you know, because you know, the anatomy, you know what they're talking about. And, you know, if you can take that and transition it into sales, into marketing, into a customer support position, into, um, a teaching position, um, you know, into, uh, continuing education. Um, the girl I worked with at impact now works for the sepsis Alliance and is doing all of their continuing education for physicians all over the country. 
teaching them about sepsis, like, you know, super interesting and, and way different than athletic training. Right. Um, but she knows how to talk to doctors and she knows about continuing education um, because we have to do it. Right. So yep. um, it's just something where I think if you want to have a consistent schedule and you're wanting to do something else, there is a way to do it. And if you're wanting to get into a position where you're going to look outside of a traditional setting, um, and, and balance your life, there's, you know, there's so many options out there. So I had a couple questions. One, you already answered, you maintained your <laughs> AT credential through all of this. So you beat me to that when you said you're still <laughs> from PRN. Um, you kind of referenced this, but I wonder if we could get a little deeper into it and even just a little bit more specific. Um, like I had mentioned, if you haven't checked out AT Study Buddy, just the whole thing is very impressive. And you talked about um, Shayhawk and that and just designing websites. And, you know, obviously there's a lot of ways to go about doing that and it's evolved quite a bit, but I feel like even for me and the kind of offshoots like atchat.com is as simple as it can get off of a blogger type setup because it wasn't meant to be overly fancy. Maybe that'll evolve sometime down the way. Um, but, you know, have used Wix and different things like that. But mm -hmm. if somebody's thinking about doing that, what is, would you be your like best advice for getting started mm -hmm. on doing those things? Because yeah. the products you're putting out are, they look fantastic and are super integrated and mm -hmm. wonderful. So uh, I was just curious, you know, kind Thank of what, what you would, say both for myself, but also for people <laughs> listening. Mm -hmm. Yep. So I think that the important thing to learn is that nothing happens quickly. You know, I've said a lot of stuff, but if you look at when I started to where I am today, all of this started in 2015. And, you know, that's like, what, seven years ago. Yeah. So none of this happened quickly. Really like 14 now because of the last mm, couple of years. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Um, and so being able to know that what you're building is a long-term goal and not something that's going to happen overnight. And that's something I definitely get frustrated with in kind of the entrepreneurial world is that people think it's going to happen overnight and it's not. Um, and working with other, you know, business owners and, and talking to them about their, you know, entrepreneur journey, you know, they'll have a website up for a month and be like, oh, I'm not making any sales. I suck at this. Like, sure. why can't I get Emily? You haven't been doing it long enough. And, you know, you, you know, you really have to work to get your name out there. And it really took a lot of what I call guerrilla marketing to even mm -hmm. get AT study buddy kind of noticeable because, um, you know, just having, you know, a couple social media pages and just throwing, you know, stuff at the wall and seeing if it sticks, isn't going to cut it. And so you have to really do a lot of trial and error and see what's going to work for each situation. And in terms of learning the technical skills, you know, there's a, there's just so much out there and you have to be really willing to dedicate yourself the time to it. And I kind of like 
chuckle when I think about myself, um, when I was at the high school, like how much I could have been learning when I was just sitting around at, you know, practice. Right. And you know, how, you know, how many hours I spent just like in my office, you know, waiting for something to happen when, you know, I could have been, you know, listening to a podcast or, you know, you know, reading a book on how to do something. And I think that the learning is also a long-term thing. I mean, consider athletic training is now going to take most people five to six years to get to that point. And so it's a good model of how long it really takes to master a subject. And if you really want to master something, you have to know that it's not going to happen overnight. Um, and so, especially with the technical stuff like websites, a lot of it is just getting in there and Googling. Like I Google stuff all day and, um, you know, when I, you know, first got into Salesforce, I was not qualified for that job. Like I knew (laughs) enough to like, I I had passed like the certification exams that I had Mm -hmm. to take, but because you have to be uh, certified for some of it, but, um, you know, it was just like, I just became a Google freak and I, you know, was on Reddit, like looking up how to do stuff and, you know, message boards and, you know, knowledge articles, things like that. And you just learn as you go and you just get better and better over time. Um, and so another thing too, is that I think that if you are really passionate about wanting to do it, you're going to find a way. And if you're not passionate, then you're not going to find a way. And something else that you're passionate about is probably going to come up later. And a lot of that is just timing and figuring out what you really love. Um, You know, I, you know, I, I tell people all the time, like, I hate doing social media. Like I, I loathe it. Like, so I just hired someone to do it for me. (laughs) So, um, I, you know, it just really depends on what you like to do and, and what your, you know, your skill sets are, you know, I happen to be a little bit creative and a good writer. Um, and so a lot of the stuff with getting things, you know, to sound professional on my site and look nice, you know, is just over time getting an eye for it. Um, and, and really being able, you know, there's just little things that a lot of people don't notice about like even web design, like um, you know, all the colors have to be the same. All the fonts have to be the same. We have to follow our brand book and people that work for like larger universities will probably be more aware of this. You know, you can only wear Nike, right? So, um, yeah. So similar, you have to be on brand all the time. And with, you know, following a lot of those rules, there's different things too. It's like, you know, finding who your target customer is and being able to really talk to them in, you know, on their level. And, you know, we're primarily marketing ourselves to students and athletic training program directors and clinical coordinators. So, you know, who we're talking to is, is fine. I really don't expect to have to market myself to, you know, a physician, like they're not going to buy my product. And so being able to go in and have the voice of the customer um, is important. And so if you're, if you're wanting to kind of go that route um, of wanting to get into something, it's important to know intimately what you're getting yourself into. 
you know, if you're really going into, Hey, I want to transition into a sales career, you know, you really should be, um, you know, reading books about sales and watching how people do sales pitches on YouTube and learning how those people talk and, you know, how they, you know, find leads and people that they want to talk to, how do they send emails? You know, there's just so much to it. And if you're not, you know, willing to do the research and learn how to do it and, and also fail, you know, you know, I've had failed business ventures. Like I'm not embarrassed to say that. Um, you know, I've had websites that I've started and have been like awful. And, you know, you just have to be willing to kind of roll with the punches with that stuff and not take it personally and, and move on to, you know, the next best thing and, you know, keep going until you find something that sticks. And that's been something that's been nice with AT Study Buddy is I really feel like I've hit a pain point um, yeah. with students in particular. Um, because especially with the transition into the master's program is, you know, it, it's hard to say yet whether, um, you know, going to the master's program is changing how the students are approaching the test. But I do think it is because if you look at the first time pass rates, you know, in the past couple years, they're not great. And so, you know, I'm really having a lot of conversations with program directors and, you know, they're like, I, I think there's a disconnect between the taking the BOC exam and preparing your students to be a good athletic trainer. And I, I really, I try to have that conversation with all of the, the program directors that I talk to and that this is, this website is not meant to prepare your students to be an athletic trainer. Like this right. is to prepare them to pass a test yes. and, you know, you can like complain about it all day, but at the end of the day, they still have to pass this test. <laughs> like, yep. Yep. and so, and if they can't, what was it all for? Right. Like, you know, how many athletic trainers do we all know that were in school that failed it four times? And then now they're like doing something totally different because they just couldn't pass this test. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, um, what I, what I really want with the site is another tool for students and athletic training programs to have in their back pocket to use if they need it. Some people are awesome test takers. Um, I even, I'm a good test taker. I mean, I don't know that I would have purchased my own product. Um, but, uh, and everyone studies uh, just to throw yeah. it out there. That would have been my problem. Yeah. And, uh, and so, and I, I think that some students though, really appreciate that the website simulates the exam. You know, it's not exact. It doesn't look like their, you know, system or anything, but you know, it has the same amount of questions. It has the same, you know, time clock on it. You have the ability to mark questions for review and go back and forth between stuff. And um, I always tell students, I'm like, really the whole value in this is being able to, you know, sit yourself down in a quiet room and really practice taking the test, you know, as you're going to be taking it. Mm -hmm. And that's where, you know, you see those problems with like the old style question books and like looking through flashcards, like you can study all day, but this isn't what the test looks like. Um, 
And for so many students, it's just so nice to be able to give them something where they can actually practice taking the test as it is taken in real life, um, which is just, it's, it's something that is just hard to find. And the ability to get the feedback too, I think is important um, because when we built the practice exams and there's a lot of them in there, we were cognizant of the percentages of um, each domain that was in each test, right? And so when you finish the test, it actually will tell you how you did in each domain. Um, it'll give you percentages. So, you know, you got, you know, 78% of the domain three questions, right? But maybe you got 14% of domain five. Well, now you know what you have to study a little bit more. Um, You know, why are you wasting your time on domain three when you could be hitting domain five a lot harder? Um, And so that's something I think that uh, a lot of, I would say, competitors out there um, are not necessarily doing as well as AT Study Buddy is, is really helping students focus in on the spots where they need help versus saying, oh, just, you know, read through the Arnheim and figure it out. Right. So, um, and we, we have an outline of the Arnheim in, in the system actually, but, um, you know, I, I just really think that we're in a culture and society now where, if you are comfortable with the experience, you're going to be more successful sure. versus going into it blind. No, you had so many important points there. I like how focused you are mm-hmm. on what AT Study Buddy is for. And that's mm-hmm. what it's for. And I think that was kind of one of the questions that I had had. And I like how you said you very much have separated this from, you know, the continuing ed or, you know, mm-hmm what it takes to necessarily be a successful athletic trainer, whatever that may be for everybody's thing, but to pass the test. And then um, I, I liked your point right at the end. And, you know, if you're comfortable in the setting and I'm, I know there's been research done on that in different ways and different mm-hmm. aspects, but how much that can benefit you just from mm-hmm. having that kind of comfortable yep. experience. So and, and even if you go to our website, there's a lot of value, I think, in just, um, we have a pretty hefty blog um, that's up there, but even just how to study, there's a yes. lot of information on there on how to study, like what you should actually do. Um, there's a lot of stuff on there on writing resumes. Like we just did a whole series for the month of January on how to write your resume um, and the best way to do it because- you know, old style, you know, you, it's not necessarily emailing someone your PDF resume anymore. Um, and you know, a lot of it is you're entering it into a system and, you know, you're hoping that a robot flags you. Right. And so, you know, there's ways you need to set up your resume now. So you get the right keywords in there and, and, and be able to get your resume put into the pile that's actually going to get looked at. Um, so we, we offer a lot of stuff like that just for free on our site for, for students to use to get, you know, just good information because we want um, something we're, we're going to be building into the site in the next year or so is um, what I'm calling like a career center. So cool. really what we're putting together is like a, basically like a masterclass on 
writing resumes, writing your cover letters, um, how to apply for jobs in a way that's going to help you stand out, you know, compared to your peers, um, how to ask for references from, you know, your program director and, you know, former employers, like that's not a comfortable conversation to have. Mm -hmm. Like no one likes that. Um, and so, uh, you know, how to find a job, you know, there's so many different ways out there, you know, how do you find, you know, you know, necessarily the job that's going to fit you because a lot of things, I think that they don't necessarily tell students, you know, who are just going into athletic training entry level. And this is my personal opinion. You, anyone can disagree. I really feel that the job that you take, right after you graduate dictates a lot of your future career. And I say that saying that, you know, if you were to go straight into a high school, it might be more difficult for you to get into a division one college later on, because if you look at the job qualifications, it's going to say, do you want, they want five years of D one experience. Right. And so how do you, you know, decide that early, what kind of setting that you want to be in? Um, you know, some are easier to transition back and forth through, you know, my husband obviously transitioned from high school to clinic, no problem. But, um, you know, I think that if he were to like apply for a division one job right now, there's no way he'd get an interview. Like once he knew somebody, yeah. Unless you have an in, um, you know, if you're a person that wants to go into professional sports, like there are very specific things that you need to be doing as a student to get into that world. And some of them you need to be doing even before you graduate. So, right. you know, I think a lot of that information is missing. Um, you know, and I went to a D3 school and I really feel like a lot of that information was missing because, you know, no one in even my, you know, teachers hadn't done it. They, you know, they were all working at division three colleges. None of them had worked, you know, with professional sports. So being able to, you know, find the career that you want and know how to get there in, in the athletic training world, I think is very important. And you see that, especially, you know, going back to talking about women, you know, looking at the statistics, there's going to be more women athletic trainers, you know, in the next 10 to 20 years, that's just Mm -hmm. statistically what it's going to be. And so, you know, being able to get into a job setting that maybe is traditionally male, you know, how are you, are you as a female, you know, athletic training student preparing yourself to go into that world? Um, and in the addition to how do you, you know, handle yourself once you get into that world. And those are all things, you know, I really want to be in the system to help students with, um, long-term. So a a lot of good things are coming. Um, I mean, the website is still in its first year, um, but we're having good success with it. Um, the beta testing went great and we had good, you know, numbers from that last year. So, you know, we're only continuing to build on it. Um, if you have a subscription or a membership already, you probably, you know, notice stuff gets added all the time to the website. Um, we're constantly putting, well, not me, Laura is constantly putting (laughs) new stuff into the website for me. So, um, even last week she uploaded like a ton of new nutrition and, uh, sports performance modules into the system, like, like 30 of them. So, um, so many different things are coming. Um, 
So even if you're, you know, kind of waffling on, you know, is this the right thing for me? Um, I really think a lot of the value in the system is really the practice exams. I think the games and study materials are just a nice bonus if that's the kind of thing that you want. Um, and also if you're like a tech person who doesn't want to carry around books or, you know, write your own flashcards, like our flashcards are in there, they're ready for you. Um, nice. So, you know, there's just so many different things that you can use in there, but, you know, I really feel like the value is definitely in the practice exams because there's so many of them. You can retake them as many times as you want. Um, you know, you're getting good feedback from them every time you can go back and look at what the right answer was and see, you know, what you missed. And it's funny because I, I do have people who message me now and they're like, um, I don't think this question is right. And I'll, I'll give you a good example of one. Um, so the question uh, was, um, I, I don't remember exactly how it was worded, but uh, an athlete takes a blunt trauma hit uh, from a helmet to his upper right quadrant. Um, what, it was like, what uh, organ should you be concerned about? And it gave a list. And I mean, there were some that were like obvious, like that's not in the right upper mm -hmm. quadrant. Um, but two that were on there that are in the upper right quadrant were liver and pancreas. Right. And so he's like, well, I disagree because it said it, you know, it was a single choice. It said liver, but the gallbladder is also, you know, in the upper right. And I was like, well, I'm like, let's talk about this. I'm like, it says took the athlete took a hit to the upper right quadrant, which organ is most likely to be injured like reread the question. And, you know, he really argued with me for a long time. I was like, look, I'm like, I, I just, you know, I looked at some studies. I'm like, I want you to know that less than 2% of right upper quadrant injuries injure your gallbladder. And the, the percentage for liver is so much higher. And I was like, this is a trick question. Like, obviously the, you know, your gallbladder is in your upper right quadrant, but it's not the most likely to be right, injured. Right. And he just argued and argued with me. And I'm like, this is a trick question. <laughs> like, what don't you know? He's, and I kid you not, he said, well, there won't be trick questions on the BOC. I'm like, oh, honey, <laughs> like, no. So, and I felt bad, like, you know, saying that, but I'm like, and he's like, well, I don't agree. I'm like, well, you don't have to agree. I'm just telling right, you. <laughs> right, right, right. So, you know, I, I get a lot of that stuff, um, you know, quite a bit. And, you know, there was one where it was like, what should you do for a tick bite? And it gave, you know, all the same, you know, responses. And then there was another question. It was, what shouldn't you do for a tick bite? And it was the exact same. And they're like, oh, I looked and it was the same question, but they had different answers. I was like, go back and reread the question. Mm -hmm. like, oh, they were different. Right. And you know, that is actually one of the number one study tips I give to students. I'm like, read every question super literally and very carefully Yes. because they are trying to screw up, screw you up. Like they're really trying to. So, you know, I get a lot of stuff like that. And that's, you know, also where I see the value in taking the test is like, you know, you can really go back and see like, oh, I didn't read that carefully enough. Oh, that was like a really dumb mistake. Right. So you know, that, you know, just more value in things that students don't necessarily think of, but, you know, is things that they can practice, you know, when they, when they take the exams in the system. For sure.
Well, anything we haven't covered around AT study buddy that you'd like to share? Um, if you are interested in it, you know, reach out to me. Um, I'm at Allison at atstudybuddy.com. Um, it's easy to remember. So AT study buddy is kind of a, a fun thing we came up with because ATS is you know, yep. the acronym for athletic training students. So we kind of snuck that in there, but yeah, um, yep, AT study buddy. So, um, and we'll link all the a, social media and all mm, that stuff on the page. Yeah. All of our social media stuff is on there. Um, we're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. I'm not on Snapchat yet. Cause I'm old and just, I just, can't pull the trigger. I'm with you there. I can't pull um, the trigger. Yeah. yeah, there just comes a point where you're like, I don't want to learn one more. So yeah. Platform, I'm done. Um, and uh, if any students are listening, I don't know if students listen to this podcast, but um, if any athletic trainers have students that want to share it, they can do that too. Um, they can get 30% off. Um, any plan um, using promo code ATChat. So any plan that's on there. So annual, monthly, whatever. Our cheapest plan um, is 15 bucks a month um, and that's for just the practice exam. So, I mean, you know, a student could sign up for it just for, you know, the month of February or March and spend 15 bucks and, you know, have, you know, a ton of exams at their disposal to retake as many times as they want. So um, you you know, $45 for a book. So, yep. Um, yep. Or you could, deal. I, I, I actually looked this up the other day. I was kind of curious to see, um, the Mometrics book that everyone used to have when I was a student and the flashcards. Right. Um, I think those were running about 60 bucks and then yep. the flashcards were running around the same. So, you know, I, I don't think it's expensive, no, but you, you know, I'm not, I'm not a student anymore. So. Yeah. So. Well, if you are good for it, we'll go into the AT chat questions, kind of wrap up. Yeah. I'm actually very curious. And your answer to this <laughs> one is, you know, where do you see athletic training going in the next five to 10 years? Um, that's a good question. And it's one my husband and I talk about a lot. And I actually think that the future of athletic training is going to be industrial. Like I have so many friends now that are like working for Amazon and all this stuff. And, um, uh, my, one of my friends is actually in the middle of getting her OSHA certificate and they're going to hire her on to be, um, a manager of like environmental safety. So she's going to be in charge of doing like all the ergonomics testing and, uh, you know, set, helping people set up desks. So they're, you know, correct for them. And, uh, even working with the OSHA stuff. So like having their, you know, what is it called? MMDS, sorry, all their chemical books and stuff that they have to have. And, you know, making sure, you know, all your fire extinguishers are in the right place. And, um, you know, different things like that. Uh, like when I first came on at integrated DNA, uh, they have something called the medical response team. And they actually flagged me when I interviewed and they're like, Hey, there's no one who's on this. We have different buildings, um, at the time. And they were like, no one is on the team in your building. They're like, do you want to be the building person? And so like, if someone was like sick or injured in my building, like I would be the person to, um, 
go take care of him. And actually my first week on the job, someone had a diabetic emergency. So oh, I had to go yeah, manage that. And it was funny. Cause like, you know how people used to work in healthcare, but don't do it anymore. They like come out of the woodwork and like, I was helping them and, you know, having someone else call an ambulance for them. And, you know, another guy pokes his head and he's like, I was an EMT 15 years ago. Can I help? Like you just can't, you know, it never goes away. Right. Right. What advice would you give yourself if you could go back um, as a younger athletic trainer, if you could set that kind of time period that you would go Mm -hmm. back to? Um, I'm going to like weirdly say college. And the reason I'm going to say that is a little more personal because I had a really hard time in undergrad, um, you know, for more like personal reasons, um, my parents divorced when I was in college and a couple other things, but, you know, I really just wasn't, I think as into it as I should have been, um, just because I was dealing with so much other like crap, but you know, I really think that I would kind of find where I wanted to go with my career a little bit more. Um, because, you know, as we kind of talked about, like I graduated and I was like, I don't know what I want to do. And so I just applied for a bunch of jobs and I got an offer and I ended up going to Texas. Like I, I didn't know what I was going to do. I just knew I wanted to get a master's degree and not pay for it. So, um, it was kind of interesting because the two jobs that I got offered were both in Texas. So I was destined to be there anyway, I suppose. There but, you go. Um, you know, I think just having a little more guidance, I think at that point would have been nice. Um, I, I, I think that, I, and, and this has always kind of been my opinion about athletes and athletic trainers is I really think all of us should just be in therapy like <laughs> all the time. Um, uh, my mom is actually a probation officer and she always jokes that she thinks every professional athlete should have like an assigned PO, like the first five years of their career to like basically sit down with them and like rein them in. So I'm sure people that work with professional athletes probably agree with that. So I could see that. Yeah. Someone to just check in with you. Right. What has been the most influential resource you've found in your career? Hmm. I would say Google based on our previous. Yeah, Google. (laughs) (laughs) Google. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to say my husband because there is no way I could do all this stuff that I do without him. No way. He's like super dad. So, you know, he, he's really made a lot of the stuff that I've been able to do possible because, you know, Maybe you know, yeah, Iowa. It's been a good move. Fair. I was mad about it at the time, but um, <laughs> you know, if you know, I have a late night call, or you know, working on my PhD, or you know, shuffling through a paper on a Saturday, like he is on it with the kids, and you know, really takes over and tries, you know, to do as much as he can to help and make sure that you know we stay, you know, on top of stuff because you know he's kind of he's not as I would say ambitious as me. Not that he doesn't have ambition. Just nope. Me. I got you. Um, but, uh, his, his, his kind of like philosophy is, well, if you're, you know, doing good things for our family, then, you know, I have to step in and, and do, 
you know, more of the traditional, I would say mom stuff. So he's, he's been my best resource for sure. Curious how this, that ties into this one, but as an 18 year role and with all the things you have going on, Mm -hmm. how do you take care of yourself? Um, I, I really am a big proponent in, you know, just the basics. Like if you're getting enough sleep and some exercise and you're eating healthy, like stuff's just going to work out for you. Um, and I know that's not the case for everyone, but you know, I really, you know, I, I get up every morning and I work out for an hour and then my kids, you know, are up and we get them ready and take them to school. And, you know, I make sure I go to bed on time. I try not to stay up late and, you know, eat, I don't eat crap, you know, (laughs) just trying to eat normal food. And, you know, I, I really think that's the key is, you know, if, you know, you're not getting enough sleep and not exercising and you feel awful, like, you know, that's not, you know, a formula for a good life. And, you know, it just gives you more focus too, um, you know, and being able to do the thing that you want to do. And, you know, I keep a paper planner. I'm super old school. Yeah, I'm with you there. So that's helpful. Um, planning ahead is super important. You know, every, um, I use emails, the emails app. So they like basically make a meal plan for you every week and then you can send it off to your grocery store to do all the shopping for you. Like it's, it's super nice. Um, so that kind of takes a lot. Like I still have to cook, but like, I don't necessarily have to worry about like what to cook as much or the grocery shopping. So that's good. And, you know, even with everything I do, you know, if you're an AT with a family that always comes first, you know, even during this call, my kids ran in to say goodnight to me. And it's like, I'm not going to be like, Oh my God, like freak out and, you know, tell them to shut the door and get out. Like that's just life. And, and actually my husband and I talk about this is that we feel like that's actually been a bonus of COVID is we feel like it's really made so many more people aware of like, the struggles that working parents go through. Yeah. And how many athletic trainers take their kids to work? Like, you know, all of them. So, you know, they all end up on the sidelines at some point. So, you know, my kid, my youngest was, you know, quarantined at home with us for six weeks while we were trying to work from home. And he was one and a half years old. Like that wasn't fun, but you know, you family is important and you make it work and, you know, you find ways to do it. And, you know, if you're, if it's important to you, you'll, you'll make it happen. Absolutely. If you could go and change or eliminate one thing, it could be a modality, a common practice or a mindset or whatever you choose yeah. in the field of athletic training, what would it be? I'm going to go out on a limb and say just from when I was at the high school full time, just the amount of ice baths that my cross country runners used to do is just a little extra Yeah, Um, yeah, and probably not necessary. And I struggle to say that because as a runner myself, it does feel really nice. It may not, you know, there's so many studies 
you know, you hear the people that are like, ice doesn't do anything. I'm like, I don't care. feels great. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, there's that mental aspect to it too, but, um, it was just always a pain to have to fill up all the stuff and deal with all of that. And, have all the, I, my room was not big. You can see the picture of it on AT study buddy at the bottom sure. wasn't big. So, um, having all those kids, you know, come in and out and they're tracking water all over the floor, yeah, yeah. just dirty, it's just dirty. Yeah. 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 And then you get the one study that says it's fantastic. And then two mm-hmm. that say that it's not great for you and you mm-hmm. gotta find the balance of all of that. Yes. Yep. Oh, when I was in, when I was in high school and I sprained my ankle, um, I remember doing contrast baths with my athletic trainer. I put mine in a turkey basting tub full of ice Mm. water because that was what I, what we knew. And then my coach taped up my ankle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, oh, how far we've come. (laughs) Last question. Uh, what does being an athletic trainer mean to you? To me, it means being a person who, you know, I go back to that, like Jack of all trades thing, like you're, you know, good at everything, but the master of none. And that's definitely been true for me in my career. Like, if you look at everything that I've done, like, I'm not good enough to be a web developer for a company, but I can build a website. Mm -hmm. You know, I, you know, I'm. I'm not going to be like a marketing director anywhere, but I know how to enough to like set up a email campaign and do some social media, you know, you know, just having that, you know, I always say enough to be dangerous, but not enough to, you know, get paid for it. <laughs> um, I like that. And so, you know, I really think that that's where the value of being an athletic trainer lies is like, we are so flexible and we are so, you know, able to kind of jump in and learn whatever it is we need to learn, you know, to be where, where we're at, you know, you know, when I moved to Texas to work, like there was just so much about that whole situation that I was not prepared for I and, and really, ha- yeah. And really just had to jump in and, and learn on the fly. Um, a lot of social norms that I had to learn. So. I can imagine. well we kind of already touched on it but if people want to find you the best places allison or connect with you allison at atustudybuddy.com correct and then yep anything else to share before we kind of wrap up um if anyone i kind of throw this out um because i did it last year um and it's a little more casual but last year um i actually had an intern um And how this was actually set up was um, the student needed to take like three credits of a class, Mm -hmm. but they like didn't have anything that they really were passionate about. Um, And so they actually, we talked to their school and we ended up having them take an independent study and they interned with me for a semester. Um, And I am actively looking for an intern. So if anyone is interested in in learning some uh, kind of, you know, different side of athletic training um feel 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 free to email me or if any program directors want to email me about that um you know it's kind of an interesting thing to do on the side to learn you know 
a little more of the continuing education side. Absolutely. Um, I didn't talk about it, but I do still do a lot of continuing education stuff uh, through Shayhawk Solutions, through my yep. consulting business. So um, there would be opportunities for them there to really get into that side of it if that's something that they're passionate about. Um, as we can see with COVID, virtual learning is not uh, going away. So there will be Absolutely. a demand for uh, clinical educators uh, you know, in the next decade or so. Absolutely. Well, it's been great to connect. Thank you for, again for reaching out and look forward yeah, to seeing thank you for having me. study buddy. Yeah, I'm excited. It's, it's been a fun journey and I'm really excited to finally have it out there kind of in the world. It's my, it's been my baby for about two years now. Yeah, it looks fantastic. And I can't wait thank to you. see with all the other stuff that you've got planned for it. Uh, what a phenomenal resource. So there's a lot coming. We are lightly thinking about um, building some resources for the orthopedic specialty exam, but we're nice. not quite sure yet. So if you're cool. thinking about it and you think that would be something you'd be interested in, reach out and we've got a lot of resources kind of up our sleeves, but you know, we all have lives and we're all busy. So it takes some time. Yes, absolutely. Well, thank you again. And We'll definitely have to do another follow-up at some point in the future. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Thank you.